All well. Good. Let's pray before we get started. I want to request you to pray for one person next to you, uh, that the Lord would speak to them in this time. So just take 30 seconds and pray for one person next to you, that the Lord would bless them, that the Lord would speak to them. Come on, let's do it. Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Before we continue from where we left last time, I must mention that I've been tremendously blessed, uh, being blessed by a book that I'm reading by, uh, by Pastor Ivan Satyavrata. <clears throat> and uh, as he uh, beautifully tries to condense and bring forth, you know, how we see the working of the Holy Spirit uh, in the church in the last 2,000 years. He begins with, giving us a glimpse of how the Spirit of God was working as recorded in the Scriptures in the Old Testament. And then we see this major shift of the work of the Holy Spirit uh, in the New Covenant and in the New Testament church. And further on, he takes it through church history. And, uh, and as we look at, uh, he gives us just an overview of how the Holy Spirit was uh, working in the last 2,000 years. And, and why am I mentioning that to you is, as I'm pursuing to continue to read the book. And it, it, it draws out some interesting observations, observations uh, as he takes us through that, that, that journey. And one of the things that struck me the most is this, that the Holy Spirit is God. Yeah? But here's the, here's the mystery of it, that we, what we see in church, that if somebody decides to ignore the Holy Spirit, if somebody decides to try to institutionalize and organize and give more preference to tradition, to structure, to form, uh, rather than being led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit says, okay, I'll find another group of people who are more open to me. Okay? And I want to say this to you, my brothers and sisters. You remember Jesus speaking about the wineskins and the wine? One of the examples that he used to explain to us about how we need to be open to the Holy Spirit. And I, I want to say this to us, that the wineskin derives its value from the wine. Wineskin is of no importance if it does not have the ability to, uh, to carry the wine. And I want to say this to us, that, that God does value form. But he needs a form that's flexible for him to do what he has to do. So do we need organization in church? Of course we need organization in church. Do we need administration? We need. Do we need certain patterns of how we work? Yes, we need certain patterns. But the point is that, that it should be such that the Holy Spirit should be able to breathe in and breathe out and move in and move out how he wants in order to fulfill the purpose of uh, the Father. Amen. He should be able to do the will of the Father. And what is, what is the Lord interested in? He wants, God wants to love on people. God wants to save people. God wants to touch people. God wants to bless marriages. God wants to bless our children. God wants people who are not here in this hall to know Him and to be transformed by His love and by His power. And He wants no obstruction in that. He wants whatever we are and what, how we organize ourselves to facilitate that, not to obstruct that. The moment we begin to obstruct that, he'll try to talk to us. But if he finds that we're stubborn and we give more importance to, no, this is the way we do things, he'll say, okay, I'll find another group of people who are wanting to do it the way I want to do it. Amen? And so, don't give, you know, so 
uh, the book actually takes us into what is the most central thing of the Pentecostal movement, you know, something that we are part of. And I don't mean to put us into a box or a denomination, but we're known to be characteristically the way we are Pentecostals. It's because of the centrality, the place that we give for the Holy Spirit in the church. The Holy Spirit, you are the boss. You are Lord. You're the one who's executing the will of the Father here on earth. And we love you, Holy Spirit, and we want you to do whatever you want to do. And that's the way our worship is, is, is designed. That's the way we want our services to be, our house churches. The way, we do, the, the way we do night prayer, the way we do everything that we do, the way we even organize our relationships with one another. We want the Holy Spirit to be able to do the will of the Father. Amen. Can you hear an amen to that if you believe that? Absolutely. And so let the Holy Spirit do what He wants to do now. And, and yes, He will use this wineskin, this earthen treasure, and as imperfect this wineskin, here is the amazing mystery of God. God can use imperfect wineskins to do His perfect work. And only God can do that. Only God does that. Amen? Wonderful. I began by sharing with you uh, I mentioned a couple of things. I'll just touch on that and then we'll go ahead. We have time on our side, so let's make the best of it. Let's jet with me. Fellowship requires communication. And it's impossible to build relationships without consistent communication. But communication requires language. And in order to have a deepening, uh, meaningful relationship, it's important that we be able to understand our language to each other. <clears throat> and I want to share with you, and, and I've begun to share with you eight different ways, and there could be more, uh, but primary ways that the Holy Spirit, as revealed in Scripture, leads us, communicates to us, speaks to us. And I mentioned it the last time that, you know, for, for many of us, this, this could be real. You're in real time, you've been experiencing uh, the leading of the Holy Spirit. You know, Romans 8, 14, the Apostle Paul writes, for those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That's not the qualifying mark. That is actually the evidential mark. I hope you understand the difference. You know, it's not that we have to qualify. It's, it's just that the the evidence that we are children of God, the evidence that we are sons and daughters of the, of the living God is that we're able to experience the leading of the Holy Spirit tangibly, personally, in real time. Amen. And I know that so many of us live in that. You've been living and experience that in various ways. You've, you've experienced the Holy Spirit moving you, leading you, speaking to you, reminding you, correcting you, transforming you, enabling you. You've experienced the leading and the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, there could be some of us, for you, this is new. Like, it, would, it could possibly, like, okay, I'm stepping into the unknown. I want to assure you something, that nothing that the Holy Spirit does will be in opposition to the written Word of God. Nothing, nothing. And that is why it's so important that we have a biblical framework, a foundation of doctrine upon which we can run around and play around and enjoy our relationship with the Holy Spirit because we know that we have a foundation of God's Word that undergirds our experience and our walk and our journey with the Lord. We're not into hocus-pocus, hokey-pokey. We, don't, we just don't want a meaningless spiritual high. We want a direction in our spirituality. We have started somewhere. We're heading somewhere. Absolutely. And it is in that journey that God wants to bless us with an adventure that is beyond what we could ask or think. 
It's beyond what our ears have heard, our eyes have seen, or as Paul says, our heart can conceive. God wants to take you into a journey that will make you in awe of Him. God's not predictable. He's dependable, but He's not always predictable. He's not containable. You can't put Him in a box and say, I think God works that way. I'm sure there are certain aspects in which you can say, yes, I know God works that way. I know He won't lie. I know He won't fail me. But yet there is this awesomeness to God. There's this awesomeness. Imagine the people of Israel standing in front of the Red Sea. And nobody ever imagined what God was going to do. Nobody ever imagined. And if you're at a point where you feel, I've come to the end of it. And I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in a spot because there's something coming behind me. You're going to be amazed. If you say, Holy Spirit, you're the boss. When the caterpillar thought it was the end, it turned into a butterfly. And that's the way it's going to be for you. Amen? See, here's it. Before I go ahead, I want to say one more thing. What alternative do we have apart from being led by the Spirit? What alternative do we have apart from hearing the voice of God? Hearing ourselves only will lead us into self-deception. Book of Proverbs says, A man's ways are right in his own eyes, or pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. Merely listening to your own voice will lead you into self-deception. Merely listening to external voices will lead you into confusion and chaos. It's the voice of the Lord that brings order and direction. There's nothing in the kingdom of God, absolutely nothing that God does outside of His Spirit. Everything that God does in the kingdom of God, in the domain of His Lordship, is only in the, by the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you want what you desire to become and do and achieve, your dreams, your desires, your career, your relationships, your finances, everything that you ever desire, let it be endured with power from on high. And then it will have eternal value. Amen? Fantastic. Now, I, I, I gave you the first one, and that was the inner witness, the inner knowing I showed it to you from the book of Romans chapter 8 and, verse, and chapter 9. We won't go into that. That is the inner witness. That is the primary thing. And the reason I put that first is because the moment we are saved, whether you saw the heavens open and angels singing to you, happy birthday, whatever, whether you, whatever kind of, or you must have just had a very, not a very uh, heavenly experience, but in your heart, you had this assurance, you received this assurance, I am a child of God. And that inner witness is what has brought us thus far. That, that endorsement that the Holy Spirit keeps giving you every time. Even when things are not okay. Things are not the way you expect it to be. Or even when you're going through a good time. You see, we don't find our identity in what we have or don't have. Or what we gain or what we lose. We don't find our identity in any of those things. Our identity is simply in this. That I'm a child of God. That you are children of God. There's nothing that can even compare to that gift that we have, that we once who were alienated from God have been adopted by God the Father into our family. 
that God is my papa, God is my father, God is your father, he's our father. And he, and the spirit of God continually bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. And further to that, the Holy Spirit will bear witness to you what is of the father outside of you. So when you hear messages, when you hear things, uh, and when you're in a situation, at times you may not be able to put your finger on what is not okay. You may not be able to explain. You say, something's not okay about this, or something's not okay about this person. And you're not able to put your finger on it. And, and I don't believe that we are called to overjudge things. You know, we know, sometimes you don't have to really get into something. But the Holy Spirit will tell you, son, this is of me or this is not of me, and accordingly walk towards it or walk away from it. Make sense what I'm saying? Yes, the inner witness. The second I told you, and I love this, was the Word of God. 99% of the times the Holy Spirit will speak to you from God's Word. Every time you and I open the Bible, expect God to speak. And, and, and the word that I gave you, which I majored upon last time, was the word... What was the most important word that I told you, I believe, after the name of God? Understanding. Who was that? Let me appreciate you. God bless you, Nishit. Shikaraba. <laughs> What's the word? Understanding. Every time you receive understanding, that's a gift from God to you. What was the, what was the most important unique quality of the fourth ground in the parable of the sower? What was the quality of that heart? It's a heart that receives understanding. And that makes all the difference. See, understanding means the word has taken root in you. And I, and I gave you a critical verse from the book of Timothy when Paul writes to Timothy and he says, think upon these, do you remember? Think upon these things that I've written to you, second part, do you remember? And the Lord will give you understanding. So understanding is as a result of systematic study. It is not you just open the Bible or you read unsystematically, inconsistently. You will not be able to gauge the communication of God if our fellowship with the Lord is inconsistent. If our study of God's word is sporadic, ad hoc, unsystematic, we will not be able to understand the heart of God, the mind of God. Paul tells the Ephesians elders, for two years I've been with you and I've taught you the whole counsel of God. God's word is to be read, studied upon, meditated, memorized systematically. And as we do that, we gain... Could you shout that word out? Please don't ever forget this word, my dear. If you forget my name, it's of no consequence. Don't forget this word. Because your understanding from God will govern your receiving and your giving. Everything. Everything in the Christian life is dependent upon this. What do I understand? And I'm not just talking about heady knowledge. I'm talking about life-transforming understanding. There are synonyms that are used in the translation of the English Bible for this word. Enlightenment, illumination. Paul prays that in Ephesians chapter 1. He says, I pray that your eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. Understanding. So understanding is life-changing. But understanding, just, just, it, is, it, is, it, it is a result of a consistent study of God's word. So how does the Holy Spirit speak? Every day to you as you read the Bible. Study the Bible, meditate. And, and I, want, I want to say this, my brothers and sisters. If any of you think over here that study is for Bible teachers or for theologians, it's going to be your loss. And that loss will be evident in your life. I say this clear. And I'm saying, I know I'm saying it strongly. And it's a deliberate thing to, for me to put the force in my voice to say this. If you 
say that the study of God's word is for a certain kind of people, that loss will be evident in your life. Jesus said this, wise is the man who hears and builds his house upon the rock. And the rock is what? He who hears, understands, and builds. You can't build upon something you don't understand. You always build upon what you understand. You plan your finances based on understanding. You talk to financial consistents. Okay, tell me what going to do for short-term, mid-term savings, long-term savings. What is the options I have in the market? And based upon the understanding that you gain about the market, based upon the understanding that you have about which will give me more returns, you accordingly invest. You build your finances upon your understanding. I'm saying this to you, my brothers and sisters. I beg with you, build your understanding of God's word. If you are a kind of person who only visits God's word once in a blue moon, that loss will be evident in your life, my brother and my sister. Don't do that. Step away from that kind of a lifestyle. Give God's word priority in your life. Study the word. My goodness. I have to acknowledge, hi, Professor Jude. <laughs> uh, the person who brought me to the Lord is right here in this room. So, <laughs> And I know you wouldn't want me to do that, but yes, I didn't expect him to be here. So God help me now to preach. <laughs> And I want to say this to you, my brother and sister, please study the Word of God. Consistently build your life upon God's Word. The second, now let me go ahead to the third, I'm sorry. The third is leadings. Leadings by the Spirit of God. Romans 8.14, we will go into that. Just touch upon that verse, I quoted it earlier. Now, when you look at these words that I will put before you, I want to say this again. This is, it's experiential. And you will find these, these slight nuances, these slight distinctions in how you experience the Holy Spirit in your life. Like at times, you will, a witness is more like an assurance. A leading is like you, a positive moving ahead. You'll feel the Holy Spirit wanting you to do something, wanting you to take up the job. Let's just Say that word. Can we read this verse together? Here we go. Let's read it together. One, two, three. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the, these are the sons of God. The evidence that we are sons and daughters of the living God is we experience the leading of the Holy Spirit. You're feeling led to pray for that person. God is bringing this person in your mind. It comes in the night. We wake up in the morning. It doesn't depart from you. You feel led to pray for that person. You feel led to go and share the gospel with that person. You just feel led. Your heart gets drawn towards that person. You're feeling led to take up that kind of a job. You're feeling led to go to take up that kind of a ministry. The leading of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's an interesting verse with respect to the Lord himself. Um, I'll just mention it to you. Where Matthew 4.1, it says, And Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Led. So at times, it can be like a gentle nudging. And at times, you could feel something more stronger. And so if you're feeling like, Lord, I'm not sure whether this is of you. I know that when we speak about these things, many times we, I understand if it's a genuine, con I understand it's a genuine concern. How do I know this is of God? How do I know that what I'm feeling is of God? Pray about it more. 
Ask the Lord to encourage you by giving you some sort of a confirmation. If, if, as you sincerely pursue to have the clarity, God will give it to you. But seek that. Don't ignore the nudgings of the Holy Spirit. Don't ignore the leadings of the Spirit. Because the more you obey, the more your heart is becoming sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And that's the best thing for your heart. The more you say yes, the easier it will be for you to experience His nudging. He can trust you more. He can depend on you more because you're more obedient to Him. And you will feel, and it is the dailiness of life. It's just, you know, there's probably this person who's really bugging you in the office. Really bugging you. Really irritating you. And the Holy Spirit will just move your heart to pray for that person. And you know that if, if something like that, that's surely the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is saying pray. And you find a change of attitude. You find you're, you're able to, as you're praying, as you're responding to that leading, you're able to forgive that person. You're able to do good things to that person. And you, over the period of time, you see the person's heart changing. Am I making sense to you, my brothers and sisters? So the leading of the Holy Spirit. So what are the three things I've shared with you till now? Number one, the inner witness. Number two, the Word of God, the study of God's Word. Number three, the leading of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Number four, a check in your spirit. Let me give you the verse first. Now, when I give you this verse, it doesn't explicitly say that this is what they experienced. But I think it would be safe to draw out this from this verse. The book of Acts, chapter 16, verse 6 to verse 7. The book of Acts, chapter 16, verse 6 to verse 7. This is obviously writing about the missionary journeys of Paul. And it says they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. They were forbidden by whom? To preach the word in? They tried to go into Bithynia. Say it again, completed, but the? Yeah. So a check in the Spirit. You, now, obviously, this doesn't tell us how. It doesn't tell us how the Holy Spirit told them not to go. It doesn't tell us how. The Holy Spirit did not permit them. Was it circumstances, external factors? But more so, it would be safe to think, be safe to draw out that they were, don't go. Don't go. How many of you experienced in your heart, don't go? <laughs> yes? Or more like, don't say that. <laughs> Everybody's with me? Don't, don't speak that. You're upset and you have designed a statement. And you want to load it. And you hear the voice saying, don't say it. Check in your spirit. Amen? Husbands, don't look at your wives. And wives, don't look at your husband. But it's for everybody. Don't do it. Don't say it. That's a check. Okay, moving out of that, it could be with respect to ministry. It could be with respect to a job that you're considering, an option that you're considering. You know, and the Holy Spirit saying, mm, this is not of me. So many times I've experienced this. You know, I want to try and do something. I say, Holy Spirit, should I, should I consider doing that? Should I just change? You say, no, don't, Shan, don't. You feel this, no, no, and be obedient to that. Because that keeps you, he who abides in the shelter of the, shall abide in the shadow of thee. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my stray in the refuge of God's presence by obeying the check that he gives you. Honor the stop sign of God in your heart. 
You must understand this, that as loving is God's yes to you, equally loving is God's no to you. Amen? Because God loves you, he will say yes. And if God is saying a no, that's his love for you. Amen? A check in your spirit. Could you just rehearse the four points quickly to one friend next to you before we go ahead? Quickly just tell all the four. All the four. Could you tell me by heart quickly? Number one. Inner witness. Number two. Don't say word of God. The study or the understanding of God's word. Yes. Number three. Sorry? Yeah, the leading of the Holy Spirit. Number four. Check in your spirit. Number five. It's quickenings. What is the difference in quickening? What is the distinction? Urgency. An urgency. Do it now. A leading can be gentle. It can become more stronger over a period of time. It's God gently leading you. Like I believe he led me into full-time ministry and he didn't, he didn't quicken me into it. But he led me. It took approximately six years for me to come to that place. That's leading. It evolves. It gently develops in your heart. That clarity, that strength of that conviction. But a quickening would be, do it now. There's an urgency to it, positive or negative. It could be while reading the word of God. You feel this worse jump at you. How many of you have experienced that? A worse just, you know, I was like, wow. You know, <laughs> Or uh, it could be when you're reading a book and you find a line, we're like, wow, that, that, was, that impacted me. Or you're listening to a preacher and, and something that the preacher says like, like hits you, like, wow, I, I needed to hear that. That's a quickening. And you know, it's more than just a good sounding line. This is, this is like pivotal. It's like that you're going to make a decision based on what you heard. And that's a quickening when something jumps at you. And thank God for the quickenings of the Holy Spirit. Number six is visions. So number six and number seven is going to be dreams and visions. So let's go with, let's begin with visions. Here's the interesting thing. One third of God's word, they say, one third of God's word the Bible, was communicated through dreams and visions. How much? One third. <laughs> and when you look at the pattern in the Bible of how much God led his servants, spoke to his servants, communicated through dreams and visions, it's astounding. So it is, it is right to say that dreams and visions are in a special way the language of the Holy Spirit. In the last two months, I've had three dreams about our church, and I, won't, I can't tell you what it is as of now. But three dreams, and I know very clearly that it's for our church. Now, I'm, not, I, I, I'm not a person who has a lot of dreams and visions, but when I do get, I know, I know that it is from the Lord, or there's a communication from the Lord. Uh, just for encouragement's sake, clarity's sake, how many of you experience dreams and visions in, in your and you know it's of the Lord. Can I see your hand up? 
Put your hand up. Don't feel shy. Don't. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Okay, significant. So good. Now, let's go to the verse. And this is the prophet Joel. Joel 2, 28 to 29. Joel 2, 28 to 29. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Can everybody shout out all flesh? Yes. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Now this was prophesied by the prophet Joel. And the exciting thing about this prophecy is that this is the very prophecy that Peter quotes uh, when the Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. And so he's basically saying that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that began on the day of Pentecost, that began on the day of Pentecost, is a fulfillment of this prophecy. And so in the church age that we're living in, we ought to see this in fulfillment in our lives, in our churches. And what, what is happening over here? It says, what will be the result of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. That doesn't mean that they will not do the other things. It doesn't mean that sons and daughters will only prophesy and they won't get dreams and visions. And it doesn't mean that the elders will only get dreams and visions, but they won't prophesy. But here's the amazing thing. All generations are including in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon them, then all of them will get activated to understand the language of the Holy Spirit and be a channel of God's communication. I will pour out my Spirit in those days. You know, my brothers and sisters, just a couple of things to encourage you. What the church has seen in the last hundred years is unprecedented. Just the last hundred years. If I give you statistics, you'll be shocked. Just the last hundred years in comparison to the previous 1,900 years. God's work has been phenomenal. There are institutions that are dedicated to actually studying, it's interesting, to study the pattern of the work of the Holy Spirit globally. That means they see by mapping how souls are being saved and disciples are being made and churches are being planted, they're able to map out globally how the Holy Spirit is working. Ask your neighbor, which is the country in which the most number of churches are being started? Ask your neighbor. And if you know the answer, because I've told you before, don't tell. Which is the country in which the most number of people are being drawn to Christ? <laughs> Sorry? Turn to your neighbor and say, it's Iran. It's Iran, the most number of churches. So it's more like the Holy Spirit, have, what they call it is this, the South Global, Latin America, Africa, Southeast Asia, the most the powerful work of the Holy Spirit. Now what's the big deal about what I'm telling you? Well, the big deal about what I'm telling you is that most of these churches, most of these churches are Pentecostal churches, like you and me. <laughs> okay, you want one more? 
at the rate at which the gospel is going in our nation, almost one-fourth of our nation will come to the Lord by 2030. God is moving powerfully. So this, there are studies that are actually dedicated to seeing how the Holy Spirit is moving. And here's what I'm saying to us, brothers and sisters. Let's just be led by the Holy Spirit of God. If God is telling, and it comes down to personal, it comes down to personal. If the Holy Spirit has been telling you to pray for somebody, do it. If the Holy Spirit has been nudging you to go and share the gospel with somebody, just obey Him. Just do it. If the Holy Spirit is telling you to go and pray for somebody who is sick, just go and do it. Let God be God. Let God do what He has to do. You can go back and say, I did what you did. Now, you told me to do now. You do what only you can do. Do it. Because that's how God is moving across the world. Okay, which is the number two country in which the Holy Spirit is moving powerfully? Ask your neighbor. Say, try to, it's tell your neighbor, at least get this one right. Number two. What? Number two, the most number of people coming to the Lord and church is being started. Number two, come on, don't look at me. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Iraq. <laughs> Piyush, you're a naughty boy. Naughty boy. It's Afghanistan. It's Afghanistan. Okay, number three. At least get this one right. <laughs> come on. Come on. At least get this one right. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. Like, just go to Brownie Point. <laughs> come on, ask somebody. What's, what's number three country? Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, the Holy Spirit is not necessarily moving like the Holy Spirit will choose a spot, okay? Okay, so he's jumped, he's jumped. And the third is Indonesia. Okay, here's the study. According to statistics, 30% of Indonesia has come to the Lord. 30%. God's moving powerfully. Huh? Who's coming? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a commonality to it. Yeah, in culture, but Holy Spirit is working. Ah, thank you, Lord. And and you know what? <clears throat> you see, when, when the Holy Spirit was working, I, I need to say this. And Pastor Ivan touches this in his book. When the Holy Spirit, when the Pentecostal movement began in the early 1900s, a lot of people viewed it with skepticism. People speaking this weird language, they're singing, they're dancing, like, you know, probably some, some, somebody came into the room this morning and thought, these guys are all crazy. You're all jumping, singing, making noise, moving chairs. Why are they making so much of noise? And so the vibe, the passionate worship, speaking in tongues, fervent praying, intentionality in preaching the gospel, making disciples, the earnestness that is there in, in, the, in the overall spirituality. So people began to say, hey, this, these guys are weird. And there were a lot of theologians and Bible teachers who spoke at the Pentecostal movement. But in the last 30 years, there's been a shift. These theologians have not been able to ignore what God's doing. You know why? Because the Pentecostal movement right now has got about 500 million people globally. It's half a billion. And the rate at which it is growing is powerful. And so here it is, beloved, my brothers and sisters. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that this will happen automatically. We need to be led by the Spirit of God personally. Amen. God has a plan for our nation. Amen. And you are the ambassador of Christ. We are the ambassador of Christ. Amen. Fantastic. Let's go ahead. So in visions, 
you, you, you could have two. You can have an open vision where you actually, when you're having a vision, it could be when you're awake while you're praying. It could be when you are sleeping at night. You have a vision. And an open vision is where you actually see like a motion picture. You actually see things happening. You actually see events happening. You see people going. I'm not, I'm not an expert in, in dreams and visions. There are people in this room who have been trained in understanding dreams and visions. Pastor Samir has done it. Pastor Arun has done it. I think Pastor Nitin has done it. I've not done it. I'm an unpad. Okay, so I take their help in understanding how to interpret dreams and visions. But an, an open vision is when you see things happening. A closed vision could be you just see a picture. It's, it, you just see a picture while praying for somebody or in a time of worship, you see a picture. So that's a closed vision. But both, whether it's closed or open, both are powerful. And we must learn how to interpret. So I, was, I had this thought that maybe, would it be good that once in, in a couple of months, we have a dream and a vision interpretation table in our church? Would that be good? And we tell all our gurus, Pandit Arun, Pandit, Pandit Khan, Pandit Bukan, to sit and we say, Batao no Baba. <laughs> okay? All right? We had this. Uh, so that's not my hand. I said a piece of paper written with my vision. See, I tricked you. So you write your vision down or you write the dream that you have and say, hey, look at this. Can, can you tell me what you think God is trying to speak to me from that? So it's, you know, it can, it can be directional. It can be very uh, meaningful. It can be a great blessing for you. Amen? Fantastic. Wow. Let's go ahead. The eighth being uh, dreams. I'm sorry, seventh being dreams. Visions of the night. Here's a question to you. Can God give dreams to unbelievers? Can God give dreams to unbelievers? Fantastic, yes. Can you give me an example in the Bible of God gave an unbeliever dream? Cornelius. Yeah, he was sort of in the faith, but yeah. yeah. Cornelius, somebody who was a complete unbeliever. Nebuchadnezzar, wicked fellow. Imagine in those days he took such a big selfie of himself, seven stories high. Pontius Pilate's wife. Yeah, we don't know what was the dreams, but she had dreams that disturbed her that night. And, and, and Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. And so we see how, the, how Daniel was used by God to know those dreams and to interpret those dreams. So if you want to know more, I recommend books by John Paul Jackson on, on dreams and visions. There's another author by the name of James Gold on his book is titled Dream Language. I also recommend Sean Bowles on dreams and visions and prophecies. Sean Bowles, John Paul Jackson, James Gold. These people are across the world, are credible men of God with respect to dreams and visions. And may God give us more of it. The next year, we're going to have a two-day seminar on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we will teach it and we'll believe that God will help us activate the anointing. My last point, and that is prophecy. Prophecy, and so we already have the verse for it from Joel 2. But a prophecy is a communication from God. There are two kinds of prophecies. There is foretelling, which we are familiar with. Foretelling, God will speak into your future. And there is foretelling, where the Holy Spirit will speak into your situation, into the present. Can I say it again? There is foretelling and there is foretelling. God will speak forth 
into your situation, into you, into your, into your situation, into your life, into your family. And, and God can also foretell. It need not be always separate. It can be mixed. But that's what prophecy is, a communication from the Lord to you. And, and in 1 Corinthians 14, the Apostle Paul says that prophecy really edifies. And I want to encourage us, brothers and sisters, in our church, we must have more of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We must have more healings happening. Amen. We must have more gifts of the Holy Spirit. We must have more prophesying happening. We should have more word of wisdom and word of knowledge. And it doesn't have to come from the stage. And, and it must happen in church. And you know what? It must happen six days a week in your life. It must happen in your workplace. It must happen when you're traveling. In the dailiness of life, the Holy Spirit wants to use us as His ambassadors. Amen? We must have, how many of you really believe that we must have more of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit in operation in our lives? Absolutely. Absolutely. More of the Holy Spirit in, our, in, in and through our lives. And so the gift of prophecy. I've been tremendously blessed when I look at my own life. I've been tremendously blessed by the gift of prophecy. I have had people come in at specific points of time in my life and brought encouragement, brought direction uh, uh, by way of prophecy, brought clarity, brought confirmation by way of prophecy. And I want to encourage you that expect God to speak. Uh, we had a time of prayer uh, the night before last. Um, and uh, we gathered together and we began to pray for people. We made them sit in the center and people began to pray for them. Oh, what a time it was. What a time it was. People just putting everyone, one person center and everybody's praying for them. And people began to prophesy. People began to see pictures. And it's just all normal, all normal people like us. Just seeing things that God is coming against. Sometimes simple words, simple verses from, the, from God's word, simple things that they saw, but brought such encouragement. Prophecy is powerful, my brothers and sisters. And so I want to encourage us to operate and believe God to speak to us in these eight ways. Could you, uh, could we just run through the slides from the start? Could we just run through the slides? And we'll just, I just want you to take a couple of minutes as we run through it. And I want you to look at the point, look at the verse, and then I want you to repeat that without saying to your friend. Okay? So here we go. What's the first one? Inner witness. The inner knowing. Okay? By heart it, okay? Okay? The second? No? Yeah, study, yeah. Yeah, so you have to change what is in the screen, okay? okay? The understanding of God's Word. That comes from the study of God's Word. Okay, the next. Okay. The third. Wonderful, yeah. Our spirit, sons of God. Wow, thank you, Lord. <clears throat> check in your spirit, a warning. Is anybody having a check from the Holy Spirit today? Okay, great. Okay. Quickenings, an urgency, a do-it-now word, a do-it-now feeling. Make that call now. Give the gospel right now. Go and pray for that person right now. Go and bless that person right now. Number six. Wow. Visions, an open vision and a closed vision. An open vision where you see the things happening. Wonderful. 
Great. Dreams. Yeah, I've had some over the years, not many, some over the years. Very good. I still remember a dream that I had uh, just when I started leading the church about a year after that. And uh, it was such a powerful dream. I encountered the presence and the power of God on my bed. Boom. Such a powerful dream. I'm dreaming it. And I, and I felt the presence of God come on me while sleeping. Powerful dream. And so we must believe God for such communications to encourage us, to endorse us, and to push us ahead in Him. Fantastic. Okay, ready. Come on, tell somebody. Make a friend and say hello and tell all of the eight. Okay? With the worst, okay? With the worst. Yeah, come on. Grab a friend. Come on. Don't sit alone. Come on, come on, come on. Make an effort. Make an effort. Make an effort. Come on, come on. Make an effort. That's it. All right. Can we do it by heart? Here we go. Ready? Okay. Don't just do the miming, okay? Let's go for it. Number one. In a witness. What's the worst? Okay, fantastic. Number two. The understanding of God's Word. The study of the Word. Number three. Very good. I'm, I'm looking at the people at the back also, yeah? Yeah, you can, I can still see under the Chinese lamps <laughs> because they're Chinese. <laughs> uh, number three was? Leadings. Yeah. Can you give me a verse where we see those who are led by the Spirit of God, the other? Number four? Check in your spirit. Apostle Paul was prevented by the Spirit to go into a particular region. Fantastic. Number five? Quickening. What is the distinction about quickening? Urgency. I do it now. Yeah. Do it now. Fantastic. It could be something that jumps up to you when you're, when you're reading or worshiping or you hear a word. Fantastic. Next, number six. First is visions. <laughs> okay, how many kinds of visions? Yeah, I know there are two which are, which are open and closed. Okay, fantastic. Okay, great. Then seven, dreams. Okay, fantastic, guys. I'm amazed. Yeah, I'm blessed. Okay, dreams. Yeah, fantastic. Don't, don't you know? Some, some, sometimes I see believers making a big deal about a dream that is actually no deal. I mean, all the jazz. I mean, whatever you know. What do you think the Holy Spirit is saying? I mean, that's your that's your head, man. <laughs> that's not the Holy Spirit. So don't try to spiritualize something that is not to be spiritualized. If 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 the dream is really not making sense, how many of you understand the Holy Spirit will communicate something that is sensible? I mean, at least we need to be able to make sense to it, yeah? So if you start somewhere, you go to Timbuktu, you go to there, you go there, you go to Kathmandu or whatever, and that, and that, and you come and you say, oh, what do you think, Shannon, the Holy Spirit is saying? Nothing. Just have a warm shower before you get to bed. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's saying. Yeah, that's what I want to tell you. you know, I mean, don't make a big deal about everything, you know? So maybe it'd be good for you to pray before you say, Lord, I want to have sensible dreams. I want to have your dreams. I want you to speak to me. Is that a good thing? Yes. Okay, great. And eight? Prophecy. Yes. And that would be really encouraging. Okay, here's a note. Now, uh, before I close it, 
we're going to pray right now and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit that he will, we will begin to hear him more clearly. Is that a good thing? So I want you to pray. Look, desire it. Don't be passive about it. The Apostle Paul says that be zealous for spiritual gifts. So ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, I want to, I want to experience you. I want to hear you more clearly. So let's pray that sincerely. The second thing I want to say, as a leadership team, we want to open this up in the church. So if you get words of encouragement, words of you're getting a dream that's encouraging, come and share it with the leadership. And if you really feel you can share with somebody who, for whom it is, be sensitive. Maybe it'll be good to take counsel from the leadership if we share. But here's the thing. If there's a correction, then don't share it directly. Please don't. If wisdom says, come and talk to the leaders and say, you know what, I'm, I'm sensing something. Yeah, you know, here's, here's what I want to say even about prophecy. The primary purpose of revelation is not communication, but intercession. I'll say it again. The primary purpose of revelation is not God will use you to communicate, but it is yeah, intercede. If God is revealing something about somebody or something to you, first pray about it. Don't be like a kid who just wants to blurt out everything. Learn to take it to the Lord in prayer and let the Holy Spirit lead you. Uh, I, I've been told that one of the, the, the main uh, missionary families that started New Life in India, the Truscotts, uh, I, or it was, sorry, I'm sorry, it was the Patterson's. Um, you know, God had given him a word about the future of new life, and he kept that, with, that word with him for 20 years. How many years? 20 years. You know what's that called? That's called maturity. To keep quiet for 20 years and then know when is it that God wants you to communicate that word to whom, in what context. That's maturity. Because immature people just blurt out. They just don't know what to talk, when to talk. But as you're led by the Holy Spirit, you learn to, to know when to speak and what to speak, and you're taking it to the Lord in prayer. Amen? All right, let's pray, and then we're going to partake of the Lord's table. I just want to give you a couple of minutes to talk to the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit actively. Don't be passive, my brothers and sisters. Actively ask the Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to hear you better. I want, I want to experience your leading in my life more strongly. Lord, as we wait here in your presence, we want to thank you for the gift of your spirit. Holy Spirit, you are the Father's promise fulfilled. And we remember what Jesus spoke to his disciples. Lord, of the promise of the spirit. And we, we thank you that Jesus, you're the one who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit fills us with the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have been poured out upon us. 
And we want to grow in our koinonia. We want to grow in our fellowship with you. We want to grow deeper in our relationship with you. And so we pray that we will be able to understand your language. We will be able to understand your communication to us. Lord, we want our ordinary lives to become extraordinary. We want, we want to do your will. We want to be your witnesses, Lord. We want to be your witnesses. And we cannot be your witnesses without your presence and your power, without your leading, Holy Spirit. And so we pray for that. As we looked at these eight ways in which you, you, you can speak to us and you can lead us and guide us and empower us, Lord. We pray for all of these eight and even much more as we look at the gifts that you have, that have been mentioned in your word, Lord. We want to pray for all of those nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. All of them, God, the gift of tongues, that in this room there are people who have not yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We pray that you would baptize them with the Holy Spirit. The gift of tongues, Lord. The gift of interpretation of tongues. The gift of prophecy, God. The gift of the word of wisdom and word of knowledge. The gift of the working of miracles. We pray for the gifts of healings, God. We pray for the gifts of the discernment of the spirits. We pray for the gift of faith. Lord, I pray for all of these nine gifts for us. Not that we would look good or merely feel good, but that, Lord, we would be a blessing to people. We would be a blessing, God. We thank you. And Lord, as we gather around your table, we want to thank you as we remember that it is your sacrifice that has made this possible for us to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That Jesus, you became a curse for us that the blessing of Abraham would come upon the Gentiles. As your word says that because it is he who hangs on a tree and you became a curse for us. Jesus, that you took our place. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Bring the envelopes here. Father of creation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. We just pray, Father, that even as we hold these emblems in our hand, Father, I pray that you would minister to us by your Spirit. Increase our hunger for you. Increase our thirsting for you.
Father of creation, unfold your sovereign plan. Raise up a chosen generation that will march through this land. All of creation is longing. For your unwailing of power, would you release your anointing? Oh God, let this be the hour, and let your glory fall in this room, and let it go forth from you to the nations and let your fragrance rest in this place as we gather to seek your faith father of creation sing it as a prayer father of creation Unfold your sovereign plan Raise up a chosen generation That will march through this land All of creation is longing For your unwailing of power would you release your anointing? Would you release your anointing? Pray it over yourself. Oh God, let this be the hour. And let your glory fall in this room. And let it go forth from here to the nations. And let your fragrance rest in this place as we gather to see your faith. Let's all stand with the emblems. Lord, we want to thank you as we hold these emblems in our hand. Father, we are grateful for your son your one and only son, whom you gave up, sent to this earth, live a life without sin, that he who knew no sin would become sin for us, that we should be made the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. You're the holy and the anointed one, the risen and exalted one the firstborn from the dead. Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for doing the will of the Father gladly. We have become now your joy and your crown. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that your presence in our lives is the assurance of our sonship and our future redemption. And your presence is 
is our empowerment to fulfill the will of the Father to go and make disciples of all nations. So we stand here, Lord. As we hold these emblems, we, we want to make a commitment today, Lord, that we will continue the work, the ministry and the work of Jesus Christ. That it's not over, but it continues from glory to glory. So as you stand as holding these emblems, my brothers and sisters, I want you to understand the gravity in which we stand. We stand in covenant. We stand in covenant, my brothers and sisters, and the covenant is that the Lord will be with us. He'll never leave us, never forsake us, but He commands us to love people. And loving people on this earth means preaching the gospel and making disciples. Now I encourage us to respond to that covenant. Say, Lord, I commit, recommit, recommit to do that, Lord, because that's what you did. The Bible says that Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good, healing all who were sick and delivering all who were oppressed by the devil and preaching the good news. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me and he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor and to bind up the brokenhearted and to set the captives free and to declare and proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the favorable year of the Lord. Why is the Holy Spirit upon us? Surely to comfort us and encourage us and counsel us, but it's to empower us to be witnesses. My brothers and sisters, Pastor Mother brought that word last Sunday. We are to be ambassadors of Christ. My brothers and sisters, let us be committed to the mission of the Lord as we hold these emblems. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. And the people say, He may partake of the emblems. Thank you. you may be seated for a minute. I just need to explain an announcement and then we will uh, close in prayer, worship and close in prayer. Just wait quickly. So if you just look up on your screen, even as the uh, cups are being taken, I just want to quickly explain for a minute. Um, so the Mumbai Transformation Network, which is uh, basically an association of all the Bible-believing churches of Mumbai, uh, the leadership has come together to uh, organize this meeting called the Ekta Sabha. Uh, this is the first time in the city of Mumbai that an, a meeting like this has been organized in order to facilitate Christians coming together in order to make their presence um, felt in the city of Mumbai in, in, a, in, a, in a way of solidarity. In a way of saying we are one, we are together, and we are here. And uh, because of the increasing number of, uh, of issues of communalism that is happening, and uh, there is a requirement for rightful representation in the governance in our city, in our state, and in our nation. Do you understand that? that the community needs to be represented in the governance machinery in our city, in our state, and in our nation. So this meeting is one of its kind. We are used to going for worship concerts. We are used to going for prayer meetings. This is a meeting of a different kind where we're actually going to be going together and we're going to be having obviously some time of worship and some time of prayer. But you'll also be hearing messages um, that 
help us understand how we need to take our rightful place in society to be salt and light. Is that okay? So here's the point. We want to encourage you to come for this meeting. It's the coming Saturday at 5 in the evening at Paril. And so in order to make it easy for people to travel, we are organizing buses. So the pastors will inform you from which areas the buses are starting. So we can get hop onto the bus, we take you for the meeting, and we bring you back. Just two hours on this coming Saturday at, at 5 p.m. So I want to request you, kindly set aside time this Saturday so that we can all be there together. Is that okay? Yes. Can you all stand up and let's worship the Lord together. The second verse of that song. With the whole team, the whole band, right? Let's go for it. Thank you, Lord. Ruler of the nations, the world is yet to see the full release of your promise. The full release of your promise. The church in victory, the church in victory. Turn to us, Lord, and touch us. Make us strong in your mind. Make us strong in your mind. Overcome, overcome my weakness. That we could stand up. That we could stand up and fight. Let your glory fall in this room let it go forth from here let it go forth from here to the nation let your fragrance rest in this place as we gather to see your faith let's do the second verse again ruler of the nations ruler of the nations world is yet to see the world is yet to see the full release of your promise the full your church in victory your church in victory turn to us lord turn to us lord and touch us make us strong in your mind Make us strong in your mind. Overcome our weakness. Overcome our weakness. That we could stand up and fight. Stand up and fight. Let's pray it out. Let your glory fall in this room. Let it go forth from your. Let it go forth from your. And then let your fragrance rest in this place as we gather to see your face. As we gather to see your face, we are gathered to seek your I want to pray for you. If there's any request of prayer, any need, I want to encourage you to bring it to the Lord right now. And let the Holy Spirit do now His work. If there's any need, 
Just lift it up to the Lord. Lift it up to the Lord in prayer. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything with prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. Don't hesitate. Speak it out to the Lord. If you're praying for a loved one or a friend or a colleague, stand in the gap and pray for them. Stand before them. Represent them to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray in agreement. Father, in the name of Jesus, feel free to lift your hands to the Lord just as an act of reaching out and gratitude in faith. Lord, right now we pray, God, for every brother and sister, God, whose need has been lifted up, whose prayer request has been lifted up to you, Father. We don't approach a throne of uncertainty. We approach a throne of grace and certainty. For we come not on our own. We come by the blood of Jesus. We come by your grace. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we right now pray, God, that you would, by the power of your spirit, Lord, Lord, I, we pray, God, that you would meet every need, Father. That you would answer the prayers of your children by the power of your spirit. By the power of your spirit. We pray for miracles to happen in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray for impossible situations to change in their lives, in their families, in their workplaces. We pray, God, for miracles to happen. We pray that those who are sick in their bodies, we command healing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We bless those who are sick with healing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We declare healing, God. We pray, Father, for loved ones and friends and maybe even colleagues and neighbors, God, who are being prayed for. Lord, we pray that you would touch them. We pray that your salvation would come for them, God. We pray, oh God, that those who are sick would be healed now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for those who are discouraged this morning. Come with a heavy heart. Lord, help them to trade their heavy heart for the garment of praise. Lord, take away that spirit of heaviness, spirit of discouragement. Leave now in the name of Jesus. And we pray for it. refreshing to come, strength to come. Let your anointing come upon them, O God, that breaks every yoke in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Break every yoke. We thank you, God. We thank you, Father. We thank you, God. Can we lift our hands and thank the Lord for answering our prayers? Lord, we thank you. Lift your voice and thank the Lord by faith. Thank him by faith. Lord, I thank you, God. You heard our prayers. You've answered our prayers. You're a good father and we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor, God. You're a mighty God. And we pray that you will, as you lift your hands, ask the Lord, Lord, I want to be your ambassador this week. That's who I am and that's what I want to be, God, and that's what I want to do. I want people to know you through my life. Come on, pray that out, my brothers and sisters, that you are an ambassador of Christ. My friends, my colleagues, my neighbors, my relatives would know you, God, through my life, through my words. I want to preach the gospel. <laughs> I want to tell people about you. I want to serve people. I want to be a blessing to people. Thank you, God. We give you all the glory and all the honor. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. May the love of the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the people say, the Lord bless you. 
Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless your families. Amen. Have a sweet time of fellowship. You can meet one another. God bless you. All right. I'll meet you in a few moments.